Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. Well, our discussion this morning linking into uh, the main conversation we're about to have now. And, of course, our president, Cyril Ramaphosa, yesterday concluded his African peace mission to Ukraine and Russia with a meeting with the, uh, the uh, president, Vladimir Putin, in Russia's cultural capital of St. Petersburg. Ramaphosa was leading the African delegation traveling to Kiev and uh, St. Petersburg. And he met there with the leaders of both countries, uh, warring countries, in a bit to negotiate an end to hostilities. So what we understand is that the peace mission put to, uh, down on the table 10 proposals to resolve the war, which include the free passage of humanitarian aid, exchange of prisoners, prisoners of war, opening of channels for the export of grain through the Black Sea, and the need to guarantee the security of all countries uh, amongst others. And we're asking you this morning, was the African peace mission to Ukraine and Russia worth the time and effort, and will do you think it yield the desired outcome? Now, on uh, the message line, Bramoro says it wasn't worth it. That courage from the leaders is needed in places like Libya, Sudan, and the Tigray region. We should learn to resolve our own internal crisis before going external. And Sipopiri says the mission is a process which will not give results instantly. There should be more talks and engagement to end this war. But let's get to some of your voice notes as well. Good morning, Elvis and the team. The South African government have a a large and a huge tax base, but the output in terms of service delivery do not match this tax base at all. Now we're going to be hit with another tax, the NHI tax as workers. Uh, yes, this is a very important service uh, to the marginalized poor, but unfortunately it is a, a stranglehold for the workers. The government will have to relook, or SARS will have to relook this tax model to bring a little bit of relief to us as workers because we cannot take it anymore. Ralph Sultan Dovos in Devon. Morning, Udo. Udo, the Polish government was under the influence of NATO. They were acting under the mandate of NATO to frustrate the process uh, and to sabotage the whole process. So I think we should engage with the uh, Polish uh, ambassador. Uh, 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 we, we cannot allow this. We can't allow this. So those are some of the comments coming through on uh, the voice note line. Keep those coming, by the way, if you'd like to have a chat with us. Just send them on 0826923909. Try and keep it below 30 seconds if you can. Um, but before we get into the conversation with our guests, let's just hear from our president as he wrapped up the, uh, the peace mission. As a continent, we are being negatively affected in terms of our economies. The prices of commodities have gone up, particularly grain and fertilizer. And the prices of fuel have also gone up. And this is a consequence of the war that is ongoing. And it is for this reason that we are also here, that it is in our collective interest that the war should come to an end. We should ensure that there is humanitarian support for those who are in need and for those who are suffering as a result of this conflict. With regard to the release of prisoners of war on both sides, 
The other issue that is related to this is the children who have been caught up in this conflict should also be returned to where they have come from, their homes. We would like to see the conflict being de-escalated as we find a way to peace. We recognize the sovereignty of countries in terms of the UN Charter. And yes, in terms of that Charter, we believe that all of us should work in terms of internationally recognized principles. And it is for that reason that we would like to submit that we recognize the sovereignty of countries in terms of that Charter. So that was President Cyril Ramaphosa speaking in St. Petersburg, Russia, to discuss the conclusions or conclusion of this peace mission. We're joined on the line by Gustavo de Cavallo from the South African Institute of International Affairs. Gustavo, good morning. Good morning, Udi. And good to have you on. And uh, we're also joined by Christopher Afoke Isike, Professor of African Politics and International Relations in the Department of Political Sciences at the University of Pretoria. Christopher, good morning. Good morning. Uh, thank you for having me. Good to have you on as well. Uh, Prof, Isike, let, me, let me start with, with you. Was this mission and who went to go and represent Africa really representative of the thinking on the African continent about these two war-torn countries? Well, I would say, yes, there was a balance in the representation of, of views. If you look at how um, the African states have, you know, uh, voted in the UN Security uh, UN General Assembly uh, uh, throughout last year, or, or up until this year as well, early this year, um, you'll find that um, the uh, uh, Zambia and the Comoros um, voted to condemn Russia, and South Africa and, um, and the Comoros um, tended to abstain. You know, from from the vote, so uh, it's it's a balance of 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 of, of the views uh, as represented by how the states have, have have voted, if you if you should like. Gustavo, I gather you you agree with that assertion, but also looking from the sidelines, how do you think the mission was received in Kiev and Moscow? Was it taken seriously? Thank you very much, and 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 I think it's a, it's, a, it's a trip with mixed results at this stage. Mm-hmm. It certainly is an is an important step for African countries to engage with the situation. We've seen in the last year and a half, African countries have been widely criticised for an apparent division in terms of position. And I think when we see the the types of remarks we saw from the different presidents, both in Kiev but also in Saint Petersburg in the last two days, it does show. Uh, a, a point where we probably see a shift in terms of narratives, particularly from the South African side. I think the statement that President Ramaphosa made in, 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 in Russia is an important one, and particularly the one that talks about the sovereignty and the, and the role of international recognized borders. Uh, and so in that sense, we really hope that uh, Africa can be seen as a more credible player in that regard. And and and, and so far, uh, uh, parties have been seen to be there in good faith. And I think in that sense, it's an important uh, result for African countries, especially where we're seeing now discussions about the renewal of the grand deal that was uh, broke by Turkey and the United Nations last year. So very important for all of us. And 
Prophesika, it's, it's not like Africa doesn't have skin in this game in the sense that they are very important commodities that we import from that part of the world and destabilization there will have a serious knock-on effect to uh, the African continent in its entirety. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is the reason why um, we must uh, understand that we have a, we have a, we have a, we have um, uh, an, a, an interest in, in the conflict because of its impact on on on, on Africa. Um, I hear people talk about how we should first try to resolve our internal problems in the continent, mm. um, and before you know going to mediating foreign peace missions like this, but. The, the truth of the matter is that the conflict, as it is, um, uh, poses an existential threat to the continent, considering that um, this, this conflict has led to shortages in, in, in green supplies to, to the continent, which comes mainly from Ukraine, and also fertilizer uh, that comes from Russia. As a result of the conflict, uh, you know, the, 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 the sanctions on, on Russia, we are not able to get those fertilizers, and all of these have affected food security in the continent, uh, and food prices have gone up. Uh, and also, uh, it has affected, um, you know, energy, uh, uh, cost of energy, mm. uh, which have direct impact on, on livelihoods and, 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 and sustenance in the continent. So this is a crisis that affects us probably even more than any particular conflict within the continent at the moment. Gustavo, how does South Africa compare to the rest of the continent in terms of how it's viewed in relation to being an honest broker? Because the comments from South Africa will come through that, that South Africa's nailed its colors to the mast as far as supporting Russia is concerned. Is, is that a, 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 a statement of truth? I think what we saw, and, and in the last year and a half, it's, it's really a moment of confusion of South African foreign policy. South Africa stated that it's non-aligned to the conflicts, but at many instances it did show a certain degree of bias towards Russia. Uh, this trip, in a way, it's a, it's a way of rectifying that. It's a way of hopefully changing the narrative and perceptions that are created about South Africa, especially where some of the issues that the country was somehow sitting on the fence for, for, for quite some time, and particularly when it comes, and once again, the, the statement around the issue about the sovereignty, about internationally recognized borders, those could help and hope and would have to be sustained. The trip in itself is not enough for South Africa to regain its own credibility in terms of the narratives about the conflicts. So, but it's a, I think it's an important step towards the ratification of its position, the clarification of its roles, but also hopefully that would reduce some of the pressure that has been very distracted for, for South Africa's international relations for the last two years. But what is very interesting, uh, Professor Christopher, I'd, I'd like to, to get your views on that question as well. But also, if we look at the 10-point proposal that was put on the table by this African peace mission. Some of the things include uh, the free passage of humanitarian aid, exchange of prisoners of war, opening of channels for the export of grain through the Black Sea, which is affecting us directly. And if I am understanding correctly, there's also uh, been put on the table that the ICC suspend its warrant of arrest for Vladimir Putin. Your thoughts? Um, yeah, you are correct that um, those those points are important. Like we said earlier on, uh, uh, one of the major interests Africa has in this conflict 
um, the opening of, uh, you know, pathways um, for grains and fertilizers and, and oil to, uh, to come to the continent without, uh, you know, to the market. Uh, so that was Africa's interest, and it was good that that was represented. On the question of, um, you know, putting on the table, um, uh, you know, the vacation of the ICC warrants for us to allow Putin to come to South Africa, um, again, it's it's an indication of the, the, the degree of bias that Gustavo was talking about. Mm. Um, um, you know, South Africa is, 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 has friendly ties with, with, with Russia. These ties are rooted in Soviet Union uh, uh, relations with the ANC during the uh, struggle period. And Ukraine is an important part of, of, of you know, this relationship. And so neutrality in this conflict would be um, exactly what uh, South Africa has tried to do with other African leaders in this case, trying to negate uh, and having the same set of 10-point peace plan or proposal to, to both Ukraine and presented in the same words to, 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 to Russia, except for the addition of this point of, of, of allowing Putin to come to uh, uh, South Africa, which is, which, which is an indicator of non-neutrality. Uh, so I, I, I don't think that that should have been part of uh, you know, this, 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 this discussion at this moment. It should have been something that would have happened between South Africa and Russia in a bilateral manner. But again, that would have also undermined the neutrality of, of, of South Africa or the African Peace Mission as a country that is dedicated to mediating between two warring factions that they have strong connections with. Especially if this relationship is rooted in um, you know, uh, Soviet Union uh, uh, relations with the continent because of anti-colonialism. Gustavo, do you agree it should have been left off the table, that one particular clause? I think for South Africa at the moment, there is also the the, the important factor that, that we are planning for the BRICS summit in August. So so I'm not so sure whether it should have been off, but it certainly doesn't surprise me that such an issue was included there. We know that South Africa is struggling to find a solution in terms of the ICC debacle, and particularly whether South Africa would have to arrest Vladimir Putin in August if he comes to South Africa. Uh, we know that the South African government has been having conversations with the ICC directly as well. So uh, at, at this stage, it seems to me, and, and my feeling when, 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 when I see that that particular clause, it's, it's very much, I think, in the South African interest of reducing the potential legal crisis that we potentially going to have in August if the, the BRICS summits go ahead and is hosted in Johannesburg as expected. Gustavo De Cavallo and Christopher Isike, our guests this morning as we wade through this peace mission from Africa to Ukraine and Russia. We'll take a quick little break and wrap up with them and your thoughts, your comments on the other side here on The Weekend View. Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. Morning, Udo. This is Salim from Durban. I think the peace mission by African leaders was a noble gesture and I think they could see the serious attempt to bring peace in in Russia and Ukraine. But you could see the NATO-aligned Poland showed so much disrespect, disdain and disregard for African leaders. So I think end of the day, a peace mission is good. And they are trying for peace. You know what? The only way we're going to get peace is need to stop expanding and 
invading and creating war like they did in, in Afghanistan, Iran, Libya. Good morning, Udo. Is there any way that uh, South Africans can scan everything that they left behind in case Polish people put something else in their bags, in the containers everywhere? Can intelligence and South Africans scan before boarding so that they are not accused of anything and so that they do not bring back to South Africa things that were put there by the Polish people. You know what I want to see is a full report on this matter. Even on the SMS line, uh, a couple of you still talking about the situation in Warsaw in Poland. John in Germiston says, what about the other planes from other African countries? They're allowed to go in. I only hear about the SA plane. And then Ish says, welcome to Europe, the enlightened home of two world wars. Back with our guests, uh, Gustavo de Cavallo from the South African Institute of International Affairs and uh, Christopher Afoke Sike, professor of uh, African politics and international relations in the Department of Political Sciences, and that's at the University of Pretoria. Christopher, let me come to you directly with this question. How do we make sense of why Polish authorities had to, and I'm going to say posture here, and and stop that plane and uh, its contents from disembarking in Warsaw? Well, um, look, it's not of of disrespect uh, to South Africa, as someone said. I have seen comments around the fact that it's... uh, Poland's um, uh, way of 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 showing South Africa that it's no longer trusted, but these are not the real things. The, the real issue here is that um, South Africa did not meet the requirements, you know, for uh, uh, bringing in a such amount of uh, weapons uh, weaponry to 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 the, to the country, and 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 I've I've read uh, that uh, the um, uh, the relevant ministries in in South Africa did one. Uh, the delegation, the, the presidential protection unit team of the president, that they needed to uh, 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 do this necessary paperwork, which they did not do. Mm. So if, if you, you cannot go to another country and disrespect their laws and think that because they are coming for a peace mission, uh, 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 it's okay. Uh, and South Africa will not allow that to happen, uh, you know, so on its shores. So if South Africa did not do its own due diligence in terms of the paperwork required to allow those weapons, then the Polish government was within their right to do what they did. Gustavo, your thoughts? I, I think the saga in Warsaw certainly created much noise and confusion over the weekend. And I, and I think there is a, a lot of things, and I think as you well mentioned, I think we are all really eager to, to, to get a full report to what has actually happened. I think uh, what Prof said is an important point in terms of the, the regulations and in terms of the documentation that was required, and that we still yet to check and verify where was the shortfalls in there, whether it was from the South African side or the Polish side. The one part that I'm still yet to wrap my head around it is why did the journalists were not allowed to go? If Mm, we're talking mm. about the arms and we're talking about the security personnel, that seems to make far more sense to me. Certainly there may be more regulations that we are not aware at this stage, but it it created a really really big challenge, I think, in terms of having the South African media with the presidency within the two trips. We saw that that really had an impact on the way that the story was covered. Most of us were following what was happening in Ukraine and Russia from Western media or, or other types of media that other than the South Africa one. And if, and I think it's important for us to reflect that if the, the journalists could have gone, I, I think would have a serious repercussion in terms of, of, of freedom of press, in terms of the engagement 
arguments that the media could have had. But at this stage, it's just a lot of noise. And I think people like myself as well <laughs> included in that noise. Uh, but it, it would be fascinating to see in the coming days and weeks to get a full account of what happened and to rectify that. Sure. I, I, I sure. think it's not the first time that we have this type of mission. So if it was a mistake from South Africa, it would have to be rectified. And if it was a problem from Poland, uh, we would expect that there was some kind of an apology or diplomatic discussions would happen. All right. Gentlemen, let's begin to wrap up with a conversation around the, the likelihood, the possibility of ceasefires and agreement and not war between these two nations. Because, Christopher, for, for, for any ceasefire to, to be even possible, one side needs to feel like they are absolutely winning and the other that they are absolutely losing. And, and, and we are not anywhere near that point in this conflict, are we? Uh, no, we're not. And, um, and you can see from the positions, the different positions that uh, both uh, countries uh, have on it. Uh, Ukraine have maintained from the start, even before this mission, months before, that uh, they were not willing to cede uh, any of their territories, including the ones that were captured by Russia before uh, in 2014, before 2022. Um, and uh, that makes it really difficult, uh, you know, for any mediator going into this particular crisis, because it would mean that Russia will have to pull back out of the, pull out of the country completely. And it is a position that is not tenable. And we've seen the Russian president uh, indicate that, um, you know, um, Crimea has to be recognized and other, uh, uh, you know, uh, territories that is captured since then uh, around that uh, eastern part of Ukraine has to be accepted as recognized and recognized as Russia. Um, so, so these two positions make it difficult. And we've heard in the news, uh, uh, as, as Gustavo said, and, and I do agree with him that, you know, um, j j j journalists should should have been allowed, uh, you know, to to go with the president instead of keeping all of them mm -hmm. alongside with the um, uh, security duties. Uh, uh, and this is where I think the Polish government has uh, uh, to answer to South Africa. Uh, uh, but you know, um, we've, we've heard we've heard uh, uh, from from the news uh, that uh, the Russian president is uh, uh, showing interest, mutual interest. Um, but uh, uh, indicated that the peace plan is difficult to, to realize. But this is an important first step. For me, the real challenge is um, the role of um, uh, arms dealers that are related, connected to Russia in one way or another, their role in, in this peace process. Those, those are the sure. um, little factors that I think will then ultimately undermine this very noble gesture of, of, of Africa to try and mediate in the conflict. Gustavo, grossly unfair, but in, in 30 seconds, the one thing that Putin wants is NATO expansion to stop. The invasion 16 months ago almost makes that impossible now, doesn't it? The discussion right now, and, and I think it would be unfair to expect that we were going to have any ceasefire in, 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 in the coming months. We've seen quite a large counteroffensive from Ukraine now happening in eastern Ukraine. Uh, and, and But to some extent, I think what the African peace mission can do is largely to add to the voices from many countries of the global south that a negotiation needs to start at some point. Okay. I'm not sure whether it would happen now or in, in a couple of months, but it certainly will continue with the debate, hopefully by towards the, the end of the year, some kind of negotiations we, would start happening. We're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time. Gustavo Di Cavallo from the Eastern African Institute of International Affairs and Christopher Afoke Isike, Professor of African Politics and International Relations in the Department of Political Sciences at the University of Pretoria.